Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Decoded Project. And that is decoded, as you can probably see by the spelling of this. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people, I guess the way I pronounce it, thought it was the Dakota Project, like the state, like South and North Dakota. So uh, one, that leads me to believe that I have an accent that I didn't think I did. Um, and two, it makes me want to reiterate, it is the Decoded Project. Um, and it also, uh, first of all, I had no intention of recording today. Sunday is normally my recording day, but you know, when inspiration strikes, you just have to flip and do it, right? So um, also, with my ADD. If I don't do it, I'll forget all the awesomeness that was in my head. And yeah, then everyone will be left hanging. So we're going to get into that in a second. But I also realized I'd never really kind of uh, talked to you guys a little bit exactly about what this podcast is, what it's about, what it's supposed to do, who it's supposed to serve, and how I'm going to do that. I know I wrote it in my show notes, but I'm just going to kind of give you guys a brief breakdown of basically what we're going to do here. And, you know, in this podcast in general, we're going to decode, debunk, and demystify the keys to success in both your network marketing business or just business in general. I know a lot of these can be, you know, um, on cross platforms and, uh, different entrepreneurial journeys um, and just in life in general. So I'm going to break down everything from interpersonal skills, communication skills, psychology behind marketing and sales, social media, and most importantly, mindset. Uh, I'm taking my 10 plus years of experience in the field of behavioral psychology and program development to tell you the secrets you need to find success that you desperately want and deserve, quite frankly. Uh, I'm also going to take a tough love, no BS approach, if you haven't noticed yet, um, that might make you laugh, hopefully. Uh, probably cry a little bit, right? A little, there's the tough part of the love. Um, and I'm also going to give you actionable tools, tips, and tricks that you can start implementing immediately to start having an upward journey and break down the barriers that are holding you back. So I, while I love a good story time and I'm all about that storytelling, I want to make sure that when you guys listen to this, you leave with something actionable that you can use to change your everyday. Like I said, whether it's a, an actual tool or something that you can use and implement in your business, or if it's just a mindset shift that really helps you approach your business or life differently so that you start having success. So uh, we're actually going to get into today's topic or into today's topic. And uh, it's just kind of about the insecurity of a job. Okay. And this might piss some people off. Sorry, <clears throat> not sorry, but um. I have lived in both worlds. I have dipped my toes in both pools. I have worked in the corporate world. I've worked the nine to five. I have been my own program manager. I have been an employee. I have been the CEO of my own company. And I can, I'm here just to kind of tell you my experiences with all of those. And uh, also just kind of debunking some myths that are out there that having a job is more secure uh, than being an entrepreneur and then pursuing your dreams and working for yourself. And I think that's what's holding a lot of people back is, not only the social constructs that for some reason we are brainwashed into believing that jobs are more predictable, that they are more stable, uh, and therefore that's what we should be pursuing, uh, and that entrepreneurship, one, isn't for everybody, and two, <coughs> excuse me, that it's more risky and it's not predictable and only a few make it and all these other things that I really feel are almost just scare tactics to keep people on the assembly line of life. Uh, and if you know me, you know, I have very passionate views about certain things in that regard, but we're not going to get into that. This is neither the time nor police. Uh, if that is something you want to talk about, let me know. Um, and maybe it's something we can talk about like on my Instagram stories or whatever, but <clears throat> I kind of want to get into this, okay? So let's talk a little bit about um, 
working in a regular job, right? I'm not even going to call it a nine to five because a lot of people I'm speaking to work so many weird hours, right? You work 12 hour shifts, you work overnight shifts, you work three on, four off, four on, three off, whatever, right? Uh, talking to people who have, you know, traditional careers in the community helper, you know, world, like aunties and cops and teachers and military personnel. And then you have people who do work corporate and who work in finance, who maybe are lawyers or whatever the case might be. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about that, okay? So what we're told, right, we are taught growing up that you get good grades in school so that you can get into college, so you can pay that college an obscene amount of money to get a degree that you really are told that you need, um, even though many, many people got these jobs without degrees just mere decades before we came along, um, and that you need to go into major debt to get a job that barely pays you enough to pay off that debt. So that you are then basically <laughs> an indentured servant for the remainder of your life that you can hopefully get enough social security to help you live by, you know, meager means. Uh, and that's, you know, complimented maybe if you had a really good, you know, Roth IRA or a really good retirement plan that you were saving, you know, for on your own, which not a lot of people do. And so I really want to talk about that. And here's the thing, I'm not here to bash them because if that is your jam, if you derive purpose, if you feel that is your space and you are rocking it out and you are impacting people and you are living your best life in that job, do it, own it, love it, okay? I am here to simply just debunk some fallacies about what we've been told. You know, we're in like the society of hashtag woke, right, whatever. Um, and I want people to make the choice. And I think sometimes you have to stop and think, whoa, was this a choice that I made? Or is this a choice I made based on the limited options that I was told I had, right? We're all told to, to go to college, to get a job, to do this, blah, 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 right? Was that really your choice? Or were you just choosing between a rock and a hard place, right? Were you just choosing between the limited options that were put before you and you were, you know, you were told, hey, go this route in the corporate world or go that route in the corporate world. Doesn't that feel like a choice? Um, and then if you stray from that, you know, you're going against the grain, you're weird, you're odd, um, you must be falling for something, you're not smart, you're right, you were taken advantage of or you're just a dreamer or whatever, right? Anytime someone goes against the grain, anytime someone goes against whatever the norm is, they're always the outcast. They're always told that they are wrong, that they are going to fail, and they're told, you know, hey, don't follow so-and-so, right? So with me, <clears throat> sorry guys, my allergies are like <sighs> kicking my butt lately, but anyway, I went to school. I did not know what I wanted to do. I know I wanted to create major impact. I, I knew that. Like Looking back at who I was and, and all of my career goals or my life goals were all based around impacting people, leaving a legacy, changing lives. And, and I just didn't know how to do that. Uh, I was first really passionate about missions. I did lots of missions work around the world, impacting people. That was a passion of mine. I thought, you know, that's not really sustainable. That's not really going to pay my bills. What can I do? I thought, oh, I, I love to teach and coach. So maybe I can be a teacher. Went to school for the first few years of college, uh, started with elementary education, realized that as much as I liked it, I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. Finished off a degree in general studies, kind of was feeling like, well, well don't know what to do. I worked the majority of of my undergrad life in uh, you know the psychology realm. So I was working in psych hospitals, I was working in behavioral clinics, I was working in group homes and in-home therapy settings and residential settings. Uh, I also kind of grew up in that life, so that's I think naturally why I was drawn to it. It's something that was familiar to me, it's something that I really liked and I was actually really good at. Um, 
I figured, you know, the only way to make it in this career or make it in this, uh, you know, particular track was to go get a master's degree because you need initials after your name to really make any kind of money. And at the time, I was looking at fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, like, whoa, oh my god, that's so rich, right? <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea, Courtney. Go get your master's degree, pay one hundred and fifty thousand dollars to do it at a private college because you know when you get out and make $42,000 a year, that'll basically pay for your student loans. That sounds real smart. But you know what? Everybody was like, oh my God. Oh my God, Courtney, go, yes. Love y'all best life. My parents were so proud. Everybody in my life was so proud. Everybody was telling me to do it. They were encouraging me. I mean, they were encouraging me to, you know, follow my dreams. And they were like, wow, we're so proud of you. But I want you to think for a second Everybody was standing up and applauding. Everybody was telling me to go for it. Everyone was like, yes, this is what you do. And what they were cheering me on to, like in actuality, was to go into debt $150,000 to go get a job that would barely cover my student loans that I would literally be enslaved to for my entire life. Okay, because we all know the interest rate of student loans is like ridiculous ridiculous and you will like never pay those off unless you have a job where you just work to dedicate to paying them off in like 10 years or you do some special program where you are literally enslaved to other people working minimum you know working for minimum income in order for them to forgive your student loans once you've worked for them for 10 years right <laughs> and we all look at that like wow what a really good deal what a no no it's not <laughs> At least for me, I was like, I mean, trust me, when I was in that, when I was in that frame of mind, when I was on that track, I was like, wow, this is a really, this is a really good idea, guys, right? You don't know what you don't know, right? So I'm like, wow, I am like crushing this life thing. Like I have a master's degree. I have a clinical license. I'm the program manager, right? Like I was like, wow, this is what making in life was. Guys, I was making 43, 40, like before taxes, like $43,000 a year. Can we give that a moment of silence for a second? Cause God, is that depressing. I graduated with, I think it was like $152,000 in student debt. I think my student loan uh, interest rate was somewhere around like, I don't know, freaking old, like 16% uh, or maybe more. I don't, I don't look at it. <laughs> it makes me depressed. Um, and I had applied for, you know, the income repayment program that was based on uh, me being a, what they consider like a community helper in underprivileged areas, which meant that I had to commit to working in destitute conditions in areas of an occupation where nobody wanted to work for 10 years. And then they would forgive my student loan after I had already paid on it for those 10 years. Right. Just to give you an idea, my payment was around seventeen hundred dollars a month, even based on my income. Whoo, Lord! If I could go back in time and look at me and be like, "Girl, no, thank you." Um, now. I am very, very thankful for my education. I am very thankful for what it taught me. I use it every single day of my life. Uh, but we're not even going to get into how inflated education is and what the um, SCAM it is. Um, <laughs> people, it's a trigger word for people, but it's a scam. Anyway, I want to talk about something really quick, okay? Because I want to talk to you guys about 
how fickle having a job is and how it is literally the antithesis, the opposite of secure, okay? Because you are working for somebody else. In fact, you probably are working for lots of somebody else's, okay? You are working for their paycheck. You're working for their success, for their name, for their brand. Um, I don't even care if you're working for a state agency uh, or the government. You are working for other people. You are working so other people can make more money, okay, off your sweat, off time away from your family, off of you being away for Christmas, right? They're making money off that, okay? They are smart (laughs) and leveraging your time, leveraging your sacrifices for what? $14 an hour, $30,000 a year. Oh, maybe you make $60,000 a year, right? I don't know, what's your time worth? What, have you ever thought of that? What's your time worth? What's time away from your kids worth? I had to ask someone that the other day when they were like, I want to do what you do, but like, is that worth that? Because I have kids at home. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. What's time? What's your time worth to you? My time is very expensive. <laughs> I have come to learn that. My time is very valuable. It's very expensive. Time with my children and my, you know, my life and, and doing things for myself and my husband and just my family in general. Um, that, costs a, that costs a lot. It's very precious to me. Um, and you know, that definitely came in time, but before we get too off track, I I want to talk to you guys about something. I was almost fired several times (laughs) from that job. Um, and I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Sorry if anyone's listening to this, that was part of my previous job. Uh, oh well, it is what it is. Uh, wish you all the best, but I worked in an agency that owned group homes. Um, and my program director, um, didn't even have a college degree and she was apparently my supervisor. Um, I had a really hard time understanding that and processing that, how somebody who was basically two positions above me was in charge of me, even though I had two more degrees in her and a clinical license and I was the one writing all the plans. I was the run, I was the one implementing clinical interventions. I was the one doing this. Yeah, I had to go get approval from her for certain things. First of all, and I was like, whoa, that is so backwards. Uh, anyway, there was that. And then because of that, she just didn't like me. So a lot of people don't understand and they discredit this a lot, but this happens a lot. And I'm going to read something to you guys in a second. Um, is, you know, when you work in an environment like that, you are prey to people's humanness, okay? You are prey to people being human and falling prey to their emotions and their insecurities and their lack of confidence and, you know, whether or not they take offense to something. And she took offense to me, <laughs> lots of things about me. Um, the way I walked, talked, dressed, carried myself, wrote uh, plans, the way I was changing things, the way I was implementing things, the way I made you know, friends and allies with people in higher positions than her that you know, she, she did not like that. And I was uh, actively <laughs> under, under scrutiny um, by her and the other people that were kind of in charge of the clinical department. And she kind of made it her mission to be like, I'm just going to get this girl fired. or I need to knock her down a peg or whatever. And my job was constantly in jeopardy. I was showing up every day trying to think, do I show up as my best self and do what I know is right and ascend the ladder and do all this or do I play nice and do whatever she needs me to because she just doesn't like me. I mean, how many of you guys have a boss that you feel like just has it out for you? Like they just don't like you, right? Like you're walking on eggshells the moment you walk in the building and you're like, good God, right? Um... And that's not secure. Where in your mind are you thinking that is secure? 
clocking in every day for a paycheck is not secure because every day you are walking the tightrope of whether or not you're going to stay or be let go or whether or not you're going to be fired or whether or not you're going to wake up to a good economy that cares about keeping your job, right? Uh, hello, coronavirus. Like we did not know that was coming and how many people lost their jobs? Right. Simply because the company was like, wow, we can't afford to keep all these people on. Oh, you're not essential. Oh, this. Oh, now all of a sudden they were finding things in your past that you did or didn't do that. They were like, yeah, this is our rationale for letting you go. Right. I'm going to actually bring up something. And this is from entrepreneur.com. And it's the 11 strangest reasons people were fired. And I'm going to go ahead and put this uh, article in the show notes so you can go ahead and read it on your own time. Um, <clears throat> I know that I ain't full of shit, but I'm going to read a couple of them to you guys. OK. And it's the strangest reasons people were fired. And this is going to show you you that your job is anything but secure okay um let's see one was fired for needing an inhaler he he asked to go back home to go grab his inhaler he worked in a plant uh, he was fired for working too slowly and allowing the plant to fall behind uh, one for talking to his wife about his boss his wife happened to uh excuse me his boss happened to hear that and let him go um, another one, coworkers for wearing orange on their payday um, were let go because they were seen as protesting or some form of protesting against management. One was fired for typing in all caps because it was perceived as confrontational. Um, one was fired for posting on her personal blog and Facebook for what her bosses perceived to be too, too, uh, provocative, um, not charging for cheese. Oh my God. McDonald's employee in the Netherlands was fired for not charging for cheese. Okay. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. One, a lifeguard was fired for leaving his assigned area to save a life. Upon spotting an older man drowning in unguarded waters, a 21-year-old lifeguard left his post to save him. However, after successfully rescuing him, he was fired for leaving his post. Ah! <laughs> one was fired for being, quote unquote, too hot. Uh, they fired the former employee of Citibank because she was, quote unquote, too hot. According to them, the shape of her figure and the clothes that she was wearing were too distracting to her male colleagues and supervisors. It was, quote unquote, too much for them to bear. Oh, guys. OK, so um, people worked at a bank, worked in lifeguard, worked in a plant, worked in finance, worked at a bar, worked at a lawyer's office. I'm going through and reading what they what they were and a flight attendant. Um these are all very very secure careers, right? Maybe not the bartender, but but still, these are all very needed, right? We need bartenders. We need people in banks. We need all those things, right? So um, how many of those woke up every single day knowing like, oh, my job's a for sure thing. I wake up, I clock in, I clock out, I get a check. Doesn't matter what I do, what I don't do, you know, whatever, right? Uh, not so much, right? You could, you could be fired for anything. So many states have, you know, they don't need a reason to fire you. Okay, when you are working for somebody else, it is never secure. The only secure, for sure, guaranteed thing is working for yourself. You are your boss. Nobody can fire you. Okay, but for some reason, we are told not to pursue this route because it is so risky. Oh my gosh, only 1% of people make it, right? 
Um, yeah, it is risky, but I can tell you this. I went more in debt and made less money working for somebody else than I ever did as an entrepreneur. Okay, in my first three years of an entrepreneur, I have made a ridiculous amount in the six figure portion of income, done over $3 million in sales, worked for myself, gone on nine vacations, owned two expensive cars that I never could before. Um, like, it's crazy. It is crazy. Okay? And I feel like the risks I had taken were no more than putting myself $150,000 in debt kind of risk, right? Now, some people like the confines of working for other people. They, they are more geared to serve. They are more geared for servitude. They need to be told what to do, where to be, how to do it, when to do it, and then they get paid. Some people are wired for that, and that is okay, okay? Some people love their job so much, and they know that it's shitty, and they know that they get paid crap, but they just love it, and that's okay. Like, the goal in life is to wake up and love what you do, right? Most of us, though, wake up to pay bills and then die, okay? Which is not what life is about. I just looked down and I am spitting all over my desk. Ew. Anyway, um, that's how you can tell I'm getting real passionate, okay? And again, the whole thing isn't to bash nine to five. The whole thing is to put things in perspective. And I want you to really think to yourself, do I love what I do? I mean, 60% of people report they don't love their job. They don't love it. So why do they stay? Because they perceive and they think that it's more secure. They know every two weeks they're going to get a check. But guess what? A lot of people woke up thinking that they were going to get a check a couple months ago, but then when coronavirus happened, they didn't, okay? And then they found themselves struggling to pay bills, struggling to pay their mortgage, depending on the government for that stimulus check that, thank God, they passed so people could survive. Things like that are always going to happen in, I think it was 2008 or whatever, when the start market just crashed, right? It's happened so many times, we act surprised when it happens. No, <laughs> it happens all the time. In the last century, I think it's happened like five or six times. Like It happens. People get let go. Companies go under. Um, you know, major CEOs of corporations are, are, are you know, uh, imprisoned for like fraud. And then the company goes bankrupt and everyone gets fired and no one's pensions are dispersed and no one's given severances. And, you know, like... That stuff happens. So you and where you work, it is just, okay? Even though maybe, hold on, even though maybe your actual career, like a cop, like, well, I don't know. I don't know. In these day and age, maybe being a cop isn't so secure, right? With the defund the police movement that we've got going on, we might not need cops in the future, okay? Again, things no one thought would happen can totally happen. Teachers. Oh, well, I don't know. We're moving to online learning. We may not need as many teachers, right? Guys, all these things that you feel like are secure, all these things that you've been told are secure and they're a for sure thing, right? They're not. They are just as risky, if not more so, than working for yourself. I don't care if you open up your own bakery, if you join a network marketing company, I don't, I don't care, it, whatever it is, okay? Everybody in some way, and I know that I'm biased because I started this entrepreneurial journey, but everybody should have some kind of main or side income that they are solely responsible for, right? 
they own it. They own their time. They they own their their company, their brand, whatever. They make their own money, and no one can fire them. I'm in network marketing. I also own my own company and I own my own brand, and I do other things on the side as well. Um, I do not do clinical therapy anymore. I, that is a thing in the past. But I'm gonna tell you what, no one can fire me. No one. Okay. Let's say even if the network marketing company I partner with was like, we don't want to pay you anymore because we don't like you. I could still make income because I own my own brand and I have multiple streams of income that are coming in from other directions because again, I work for myself. And guess what? All of my customers and all of my affiliates and all of my following, my audience are still going to be with me because I'm not the brand that I promote. I am my own brand, yo. Okay. I could go sell socks right now and people would buy them, okay? Because of me, all right? And, and I'm getting off track right now. That's my ADHD brain. But anyway, what I'm saying is we need to refocus and think to ourselves, do I love what I do? And is it really as secure as I thought? And you, I'm not saying like you're going to have this awakening where you're going to be like, I quit tomorrow. I mean, if you wanna, go for it. But I just want people to understand and dispel and debunk and demystify and all those things we do on the Decoded Project here. I want to let you guys know and give you this broader perspective that somewhere along the lines, we were told that network marketing, entrepreneurship, affiliate marketing, like whatever, right? Like not having a boss was bad and risky and scammy and everyone talks you out of it. And as soon as you tell people, yeah, I joined a network marketing company, everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, this poor thing. She was, she was prey. She just, oh my God, right? They're like, hey guys, I'm gonna quit being a teacher. I'm gonna open up my own boutique. Everyone's like, oh, is that really wise? Is it, what about your benefits? Uh, there are benefits that exist outside of employers. Where do you think employers find them? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just a factor of control, people. And this goes into a much broader topic that I won't get into on here, but all of those things that give you this false sense of security that you are safe and taken care of does not exist. It doesn't. I don't care if you're part of a freaking union. You are not protected by anything. You could be fired tomorrow for literally almost any reason and no one would have to answer for it. And most Americans don't have a savings to pay for their household bills, okay? Most people do not have a side income that they own and operate to be able to sustain them for any length of time, okay? This is just all part of enlightening you to the ideas that there are things out there that exist that are not as you were told, okay? Going to school, getting good grades, getting into college, going into debt, getting a degree to get a job that barely pays for the degree until you die sounds more like a scam to me because that's just my, my personality. I've always had this entrepreneurial personality, never really knew it because again, being an entrepreneur was really kind of discouraged because again, it was too risky and it's not something that most people did and I should just follow the crowd and do what everyone does and go get a job, right? So I never knew what was inside of me was, you know, entrepreneurial spirit, right? 
I always was super enterprising, so enterprising. I was always trying to have some kind of side hustle. I found any craft, any skill, any knowledge that I had, I would always try to monetize it. And I never knew why. I'm like, I'm really good at making cakes. I should sell cakes, right? I'm really good at doing this. I should sell that. I'm really good at doing that. I should turn that into like a business, right? I was always a lemonade stand kind of kid, right? Um, and now I'm doing that, and I love it. I was never designed to be an employee. I ruffled too many feathers. I My high-achieving personality uh, is very aggressive to some people in the corporate world. They do not like it. Um, I am never comfortable and complacent. Wherever I am, I am immediately thinking, how can I get above this? How can I move past this? How can I excel beyond this? And in the corporate world, you just can't climb that far. And, um, and if you do, it's really slow. Okay, so I'm also really impatient when it comes to that. I need it like now. That's why I love what I do because I'm like, mm, I don't really like the income that I'm making. I want to make a hundred more thousand dollars a year. So guess what I do? I make a hundred more thousand dollars a year. That's what I do. If I want to do it, I do it. It's in my power. No one tells me what I can and can't do. No one sets my paycheck. I love it. Okay. Coronavirus happened and I actually made more money. <laughs> And that's not to brag, it's to be like, it's just to show perspective, to be, to be like, it doesn't have to dictate, the economy doesn't have to dictate, my boss doesn't have to dictate what I can and cannot do and what, what you know, what I do for my dreams and how I achieve it and how I go get it. Okay? And I want to give you the same permission to stop believing all that junk that's out there that somehow having a job is more secure. Again, the, the whole point beyond this blog is not to tell you to leave your job, right? If you love being a teacher, be a, be a teacher because we need more teachers who just love it. If you're a cop and you're a good cop and you love being a cop and you love helping people in the public, be a freaking cop because we need more good cops, right? That's not the point. The point is to stop telling yourself that you're doing it and you're talking yourself into staying because it's more secure. I've had so many people who leave entrepreneurship, who leave network marketing because they're like, it's just so unpredictable. I just need something more predictable. I need to go get a job. They leave the freedom and walk into confinement because they feel and they believe this lie that it is more predictable and more consistent. Yes, you're right. When you are there and you show up, no one gives a shit, you know, how productive you are, how good you are. You're paid as the next person beside you who shows up late and leaves early and sits on their ass and does nothing. You're paid the same $14 an hour. If that's for you, fine. But if you're leaving an opportunity where there is no glass ceiling to go into, especially if you're a woman, and sorry, dudes, if you're listening to this, but there is, there does exist that glass ceiling uh, in especially the corporate world. And as a woman, if you are leaving entrepreneurship to go get a job because it is more predictable, you are literally walking from freedom into confinement. You are a free little bird who's then locking themselves in the cage. And here's the thing, some people like cages. It's safe, or at least it feels safe, <laughs> right? Uh, again, like we talked about, there is no guarantee. There is no guarantee in your job. There's no guarantee you're going to wake up tomorrow to a job. There is no guarantee that, you know, you're going to get a paycheck next Friday. Really, there isn't. I don't think those 11 people that we read about had uh, any anticipation that they would be fired. <laughs> I don't think the lifeguard who saved somebody and did his lifeguarding, <laughs> right, he's guarding lives, literally doing what in his title is, that he'd get fired for it. 
He probably thought he was going to get some, like, medal, right? Can you imagine that? He's getting, like, called into his supervisor's office, and he's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to be employee of the month. I'm going to get a medal. And they're like, you're fired. You're fired for saving lives. He's probably like, what? <laughs> right? Guys, stop believing things that are spoon-fed to you. Think for yourselves Use data that is out there. Use information. Take in your surroundings and then make a choice. Stop just blindly riding the assembly line of life and believing the things that are told to you, which are meant to limit you. If the world was full, of independently wealthy, free-thinking entrepreneurs, who could they control? Nobody. <laughs> Again, that's a different topic for a different time. But anyway, that's the whole idea. The hive needs worker bees. Are you a worker bee? Some people are, and that's totally fine. Power to you. I could never be a worker bee. I was... I, I did not fit in there. <laughs> but if you feel something, if you're like, I want to be an entrepreneur, but it's just not predictable, but it's just not consistent, but there's no benefits, right? If you're thinking of, of doing something like that, if you're being called and you feel that longing to, to do something enterprising, but you just feel like you're, you're listening to, to all the things that are being told to you that it's, it's too risky, it's not safe. Oh my God, even with a family? Oh, you're going to leave your job, your good paying job to go? Oh, how selfish, right? How many guys were told that? How many of you have heard it told somebody else, right? Crazy, just crazy. So I want you to think about that for a second. If you feel that long, if you're not an entrepreneur yet, right? And you feel it, you feel it in your heart and you're like, ooh, I don't know if you could hear me pounding my heart, but you probably felt my, my voice go, ooh. <laughs> So that was pounded on my heart. Um, if you feel that, you are an entrepreneur and you need to have a serious talk with yourself about getting rid of all of those outside voices that are telling you lies to scare you into conformity. Okay? If it's what you want to do, then you go do it. And you do it 110% and you don't slow up and you don't listen to the people that are telling you otherwise and you do the do and you will get the get and you will not be one of the statistics that people lie about and say, oh, 1% of people. No. You know why so few people succeed in entrepreneurship? Because they give in to the people around them. I made a post today on my Facebook that says, you know, what are one of the biggest challenges when it comes to maintaining motivation? And oh my gosh, the overwhelming number of people that said, what other people think? Hearing negativity from others. Well, my family doesn't support me. Right? I told one of those girls, I said, okay, okay. I want you to take their opinions, bring it to the bank and try to cash it. Then I want you to try to pay your bills with it. <laughs> Here's a spoiler alert. You can't, okay? You can't. You can't cash it at the bank. You can't pay your bills with what other people think. Again, there are people who are on the assembly line. And when they see people not on the assembly line, they're like, oh, no, no, no. All right, crabs in a bucket. You put crabs in a bucket, one tries to escape, they literally will rip the claws and legs off the crab so it can't get out. 
You, my friend, are a crab in a bucket. And other crabs are tearing off your arms and legs so you can't get out. Society is a crab in that bucket, right? They are keeping you from getting out. Some crabs at the bottom, they're comfortable being there. And that's okay. But you, my friend, you would be listening to this if you weren't a crab trying to get out of the bucket. You would have saw the title of this podcast and been like, nope. But because you press play and because you're still here 36 minutes later, you are the crab trying to get out of the bucket. So I'm going to tell you something. Pay attention to the other crabs in the bucket and what they're doing. Okay? They are pulling off your legs and your arms. You cannot get out. Yet they're telling you, they're helping you. Oh, it's for your own good. Oh, is it? Is it Karen? (laughs) Is it for my own good or for your good? Does it make you feel better when I'm sitting here in this cubicle, miserable, eating my peanut butter and jelly sandwich until six o'clock when I go home and I barely see my kids before I go to sleep and before I know it, they're 14 and they're having boyfriends and girlfriends and I've missed half their life? Huh? Do you just want me doing that with you because it makes you less miserable? Probably, yeah, that's human nature. Misery loves company, it's a saying for a reason. So I want you to really take a good look at yourself, a good look at your job, a good look at where your life is going, your trajectory, okay? I want you to look at that. I want you to really evaluate it. If you're working a job right now and you don't like it, like 60% of other Americans, why? Why haven't you done something you're passionate about? What are those risks? What are the rewards? I can tell you from experience that the rewards far outweigh the risks when you go all in on yourself. That is the only sure bet, is betting on yourself. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much for enduring with me. This is my longest podcast by far. I am so sorry. I'm not sorry though, but I usually try to keep these short and to the point, but hey, you know what? Uh, You can always split it up into multiple sessions. Maybe you crush it in the gym. Kudos to you for doing cardio for 37 minutes, almost 38, uh, or listening to this in the car. I hope to catch you guys in the next episode. I love having you guys part of this. If you got any value from it, please screenshot and tag me on Instagram at thecourtneyrogers.co, C-O. I love to hear that you guys are getting something from this. I love to hear your opinions, your thoughts, your feedback. If you want to hear specific things in here, Let me know. I love you guys so much. I will catch you in the next one. Peace.